Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Hey, you guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. We are hanging out. It is foolishness episode, what, 74? And wow. Crazy. I've got a good, good friend of mine who's kind of as crazy as I am. He's Canadian. Almost. Almost. We'll, we'll determine that. He's all over the <laughs> world. He's in the pulpit. He's got a lot of stuff going on. This is one of the podcasts where literally today I got beat up in jujitsu, came home, helped the guy out front with my garden, jumped in the shower. We jumped on this. We don't know where it's going to go. You could take over the podcast as much as you want, but... Ladies and gentlemen, would you just welcome my good friend, Joel Turner on. How you doing, brother? Hey, man. So good to be with you guys, man. This is awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a life dream, man, to be on a podcast, you and me. I, I'm sure there's something that would, would say this isn't allowed. I mean, it's too much fun, right? But Well, you've got a it. mask spell. You're allowed. You are in the basement, though, right? Of your yeah. house? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to pin this on you, Brian, but yeah. I'm, I'm not sure we ever had that, hey, this is going to be videoed. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought, you know, I came home and my wife's like, what are you filming today? I'm like, I got a podcast with Brian in the basement, she said. I said, okay, I'll go to the furnace room, honey. Just like you um, for said. For those who so. can't listen, go to the YouTube. Uh, Joel's hanging out in Canada of all places. Yeah. Pretty much Hawaiian shirt on, some neon well, headphones, and you got a bottle of Coke right there. I mean, yeah. next to a washing machine. This well, dude, we had, I'm in a furnace room. So yesterday we had snow. So really, basically, if you, you know, if you know much about Canada, I'm just trying to get to the warmest place in the house, bro. It's just, uh, it's just safer that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are a, a lead pastor of Mountain Springs up in Calgary, right? And it's what, it's North Coast Calgary? Or what do you, what do you say? Well, okay. So Calgary yeah. is north of Montana yep. about, about a couple hours. So mm-hmm. that's the best way of kind of getting your bearings but listen i don't know if you know this but 90 yeah. percent of canadians don't tell my canadian friends this live within 60 miles of the american border what does oh, that no. say about us what does no. that say about us i don't that's, know man <laughs> so they're all pretty much americanized that's the we all want to be with you guys i think that's what it is so well just just so people understand our relationship i mean normally yeah. you're the guy that shows up and I, I get a yeah. tag in an image that says I'm going to Chick-fil-A or I'm going yeah, to In-N-Out. Right. Who wants to go? Yeah. And yeah, I scramble right. over there and then we just kind of make fun of each other, right? Pretty much. Because yeah, the rest just, of the time you're in a pulpit or you're, I mean, we'll jump yeah. into some of this, but you're, <laughs> you're traveling, you're doing ministry for Rabbi Zacharias. You're deep in the roots of Calvary Chapel Global. And yeah, there's just so much sure. going on. Yeah. So yeah, where, where do you want to start? I'll just hand the podcast over. Well, man, me. let's, how about... How about we start where we met? We were okay, out. Okay. I think we were in a green room backstage preaching at Creation Fest in we England. Were. If you're just listening in, mm-hmm. that is upwards of 15,000 people that meet together for a mm-hmm. week long of concerts and sermons <laughs> and uh, and just, you know, two guys that are unafraid to say, hey, what's your name, dude? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. And get to know each other. And <laughs> yeah, I think I was like, you, you know, we were, I think. I you just, just heard the stage. accent and you were like, I yeah. have to meet whoever this is to see you if he's okay. My, well, you heard my Canadian accent and I heard your English, American, Australian. I don't know. It's a, it's a combo, right? 
Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't make fun of you. I tried all three <laughs> nationalities before you said, I'm a, I'm a mix. I'm a mix, Joel. But then I think you were like, I think I'd just come off stage and you were just going on stage or something. And I said, yeah. hey, let me pray for you, man. Amen. And then uh, got to go backstage and, and you brought the fire, man. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's my man right there. I like this guy. <laughs> and <laughs> as people are listening, I mean, this is literally even when Joel says, you know, a green room, what we're talking about is a huge farmland in Cornwall um, that Calvary Chapel for years has been doing this yeah. amazing outreach. We had Sarah Yardley on not so long ago, who's, who pretty much heads that thing up yeah. with Pastor mm-hmm. Brian Brodison, who we had on. And so Good what it friend, means yeah. is guys like Joel and I, we go in for five, six, seven, ten days, and you might preach five, six, seven times. Yeah, yeah. I'll right. do a Full skate on. outreach. So you're, you're in the zone. It's yeah. a battlefield. And then you're hanging out with all these limeys, I can call them me kind yeah, of. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we met, and since then, because you're so close to Calvary Chapel right here, yeah. and you just began to come in town and hang out. But one of the things I want to say, just leading into this sure, thought, yeah. because as a lead, you're as serious but as silly as I am. Like your convictions have always been Jesus, the gospel, loving your wife, loving your family, the church. But so, what's been very different is you are just silly and humorous. And a lot of times people don't know what to do with that. Um, I even watched, an, and it's worth watching, an amazing video of John Piper the other day. And you might have seen it. He spoke somewhere a few years ago, and it was to like Christian counselors. And as he was unpacking like the times I struggle with sin or whatever, they began to laugh. And to me, I would have been laughing because you're like, man, this guy's just opening up. Wow, he's being so serious and sincere, but he didn't know what to do. God bless him. You know, I love the guy, one of my heroes for sure. But he literally said, I didn't know what to do in that moment. And then he said, of all the years I've preached, uh, was it Bethlehem? Was that his church in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. He says, I don't even know that I've ever told a joke in the pulpit, so I didn't know what to do. And we're not here, you know, preaching style, but basically, you're the funny guy. You just wrote a book. Humor me. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we want to go with this? Well, I mean... Like, you know, the Bible makes it really clear that laughter mm-hmm. does well to the heart like medicine. So mm-hmm. I'm often just going around asking people, have you taken your medicine today? I mean, we are living in dark times, man. Yes. We're like, yes. we're, if anything, that those mm-hmm. of you, look, if you're watching this, you're not a Christian. Hey, yeah. let me just ask you, like, what is mm-hmm. the, what is the foundation Amen. of your life? But when your foundation is Jesus, the Bible says the joy mm-hmm. of the Lord is your strength. And Amen. Jesus said, um, you know, <laughs> who for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. he went through the cross. Like when yeah. you think of those words, like the cross and joy, you don't normally put those together, Brian, no. but what we see clearly in the scripture yeah. is Jesus joy was two things. One, it was total obedience to the father Amen. and two, it was you listening or watching <laughs> right now. His joy was to mm-hmm. redeem, which just means to buy back you, mm. your life from Satan, sin, death, demons, the grave and hell. Yeah. And basically you have to know that there there was that kind of side smile where Jesus is like, this is going to be horrible to go through in my yeah. flesh as a person, but to man, like put your own name in there, yeah. Bob, Terry, Steve, yeah. Sarah, Anna, whoever you are watching, whatever your name is, <laughs> you were the joy that Jesus was like, I'm going through this to get to the mm-hmm. cross. And we need to smile more, man. Like, I mean, yeah. when we, like, if you're a Christian, maybe you shouldn't inform your face because a lot of Christians these days, man, I'm telling you, they're like... You know, nobody your ever, face. <laughs> well, seriously, how many people do you see? They're like, oh, I'm a Christian. 
mm-hmm. they look miserable. And it's like, bro, we have the joy of Amen. the Lord is our strength. If yeah. there's anything, people should point to Christians and be like, how come the whole world's falling apart and this yeah. guy's smiling? Yeah. And so take your medicine, man. And so yeah. really, I just wrote the book to kind of go, hey, there's three things that I want to do here. One is mm-hmm. uh, I want to help people really dive into what makes something funny. And yeah. I wrote a paper on that when I opened a comedy club back when I was uh, 19 years old in Western yeah. Canada. So I wrote a paper called Other Side about what makes something funny. And so that it's like, what makes something funny? <laughs> Can I grow in that? And why does it matter to the gospel? And so I you were a Christian then. Yeah. No, I, I, I was running a, I, have you ever seen the TV show? Whose line is it anyway? Of and course. I'm not supporting it, but yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> not supporting everything they've done, but I don't get the hate emails. You can say whatever here. You, know, <laughs> yeah, like, you can yeah. tell I do. Eh? I'm <laughs> like, I don't support everything, but they're good guys. So yeah. the tall, skinny guy, mm-hmm. Ryan Styles, the, the shorter, bald guy, they're Canadian, call a yeah. mockery. And they come from West Coast, Canada, a place called VTSL, Vancouver Theater Sport League. So mm-hmm. when I was 17, I was competing in what's called the circuit competing in one-on-one improv comedy just yeah. suggestions from the audience and this was back where you would take suggestions from the audience they could give you one of 300 countries and you'd have to be able to do their accent you can't do that now i can't i feel oh, bad be for in trouble now bro it's yeah. oh my goodness but back in the day we weren't we weren't offending anyone we were celebrating difference and that's the difference that's but probably. as a non-christian yeah. comedian i was competing and uh and then i kind of reached this place where i was like listen to how this yeah. sounds knowing that i a church planted, I reached this place as a non-Christian where I'm like, I want to go and plant comedy clubs across Canada. Mm. So I moved to Kelowna with my Mormon girlfriend. Do you want to hear this? Is this? Yeah. This yeah. So tell yeah. the story. All right, bro. Joel's telling us that he was a funny guy. He was in the comedy <laughs> doing it just in the world. And then you become a, I mean, you wanted to just go yeah. and have comedy clubs. So did you yeah. have people laugh yeah. or you just had a, had a funny sense of humor? I mean, or both. Uh, yeah, I know. I was doing stand-up comedy on the circuit. Then I want. Then I wanted to build a. I don't know. Call. I mean, yeah. it's weird to call it an empire. But my dream yeah. was: what if I start training other comedians in this thing called other sides? So mm. about twenty comedians started working for me. Me and my Mormon girlfriend. I wasn't a Christian. I've been dating this girl for four years. Was going to get married to her. We moved to this city to set up this comedy club. And then she dumps me. And and I hope those of you listening right now are going, oh, that's so sad because it's painful. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, no, they're American. They're like, get over yeah. it. Get over yeah. it, Joel. Yeah, no, exactly. And so she breaks up with me and just hit me really hard. And I did what most guys do. Mm. I rebounded and I called some other girl and I'm like, hey, let's go out tonight. And I thought we'd go clubbing. And she goes, I'm already going out to this thing tonight. And I said, okay. She goes, yeah, it's called Refiner's Fire. And I'm like, I've never heard of that <laughs> club, Refiner's Fire. And and then I'm like, it's not a church, is it? And she goes, no, it is. But it's really cool, and it's full of young adults, and you'll love it. I don't know why. If you're listening, maybe you fell for that. But that's what got me was wow. like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like. So the, so so the girl plus the cool name and the. Yeah, right. It was wow. the combination back yeah. then. And so uh, I go with this girl. But at the time, I was a <laughs> DJ for the radio station the rock station in town. Uh, yeah. I ran a comedy club and I had a TV show called around Kelowna with Joel. So I was kind of like pathetically a local mm-hmm. celebrity. And I remember I didn't want to Brian get seen in a church, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the Italians say, <laughs> I didn't want to get made in a yeah. church. So I wore dark sunglasses, bro, and a hat 
pulled down. I sat in the back row. This girl must have thought I was nuts. And uh, although, of That's course, awesome, she was praying though. for me. Yeah. So I'm like in the back row, sit down, dark sunglasses. Now, somebody must have tipped off the preacher or something because he comes out on stage. There's a couple hundred young adults. He looks out at the audience, opens his Bible, and he <laughs> looks around and he goes, hey, Joel Turner's here. And all 200 no. young adults turned around. And I was so busted. I like sunk down in my seat. And I'm like, man, this is brutal. But they knew who you process, were as the comedian. They knew you out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so as a process of this guy taking me out for a coffee, Coffee, along with uh, someone mm. else giving me a Bible verse, which is a funny story on its own, uh, I surrender my life to Christ. So I go mm -hmm. back into the comedy club. I call yeah. a staff meeting. I could write a book, my friend, on how to mm -hmm. kill a comedy club in three months. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you have a successful <laughs> comedy club and you need to know how to destroy it, listen to the next part. It's for you, okay? So I went back into the comedy club and I called all 20 comedians together. I said, listen, I just became a Christian. We should all get saved right now. So, yeah, that didn't, uh, they didn't, didn't think go that was so well, they Brian. They didn't think no, that was too no, funny. I, no, some people laugh. They thought it was being funny, but I'm like, no, I'm serious here, yo. What's up? <laughs> but uh, anyway, half of them quit the club right away. And then Crazy. half of, uh, and then there was only 10 left. And of the 10, hmm. five stuck around just to see what happened to their director. And the other five came to the Lord or came to church with me or a combination. And, so immediate fruit. And, yeah, just off your boldness. Wow. Totally. Then, and like I said, I could kill a comedy club in three months. I changed the, the, price of the tickets down to like three bucks from 18 took out the smoking drinking swearing i wrote near swears for all our comedians because none of them were christians and i was like you know uh wow. i was just jesus had grabbed my heart and i was like mm -hmm. oh my goodness mm -hmm. we've been lied to you know it's like everybody needs to know this and uh and so i just started like bringing people to the lord and all of a sudden the comedy club filled up with young adults. In fact, people always go, oh, how did you get into the ministry? Well, yeah. the largest Baptist church in Canada was across the road from my comedy club. Hmm. And when I say largest, the youth building was yeah. directly across the road. They had wow. 450 to 500 youth on a youth night. Hmm. The pastor of that had about 13 staff members. The youth pastor walks across, across to the comedy club and he goes, hey, are you Joel Turner? I said, yeah. He goes, um, you're the director of the comedy club. I said, yeah, this is me. And he goes, I got a problem. And I said, what's the problem? He goes, I heard you got saved. And I was like, well, I thought that was a good thing. <laughs> he goes, no, it's a good thing. But the problem is all my youth and young adults have stopped coming to youth. They're now going to your comedy club, right? Mm. And because the word got around, the comedian got saved, the DJ guy got saved in town. So it starts filling <laughs> up with all young adults. So he's a smart man. He's like, if yeah. you can't beat them, hire them. So he yeah. hired me as his assistant youth pastor. So people Crazy. are like, oh, what seminary did you go to? I'm like, I went to theater school, okay? <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to Bible college. So you were uh, across the street doing comedy and across the street yeah. doing youth ministry? Biggest Baptist church in Canada. Wow. Trinity Baptist. And how many so, years I mean, ago Lord was that? Day, right? That was like, what, 20 years or that? Ooh, easy now. Yeah, probably 20. Easy 20, now, I know. I'm 41. 23 years, bro. 23 Crazy. years. And so yeah, how I'm did... 45 now. Well, well, I know even when I put these out, I really want people to be able to see whatever's in their hand, as I try and say so often, because God made Joel individual, Brian individual, every one of our listeners individual, the comedy, totally. and just something that's crazy. I was thinking about this lately in this whole like cancel culture and get rid of everyone and get mad at everyone. Yep. Now it's, you know, the white Christian male who's the problem apparently. And I'm like, to everyone, it is better in your life if I am a believer because though the Bible says things contrary, I know you might live a certain way, 
I mm-hmm. love you. Joel loves you. You know what I mean? So the fact that totally. you know, and I get it, it's more of a raunchy, you're, you're throwing people under the bush, you're degrading people language. I mean, we know, you know, Ro- Joe sure. Rogan, all the rest, but really for those guys, it's better because now you're going to be more honest if you're that serious of a Christian, more integrity. So how, what, what, what is his pitch? Hey, come in and relate to the youth. And then it was a Baptist church. Obviously they were based in the word, right? So what began to happen? How did this, and, and catch us up in a minute. What yeah. happened with the girl, you know? Oh, the girl, nothing, man. Nothing. Okay. Shortly after that, um, <laughs> another girl uh, who I became friends with, she said to me, um, listen, I've got a girl that is kind of rough around the edges, party star, bar star girl. That's what mm. we called them back then. And yeah. she needs to hear the gospel and can I bring her to church on Easter and you go out for lunch with us and share the gospel with her? So mm. that girl's name was Tanya. And so I said, sure. So um, again, it's a Baptist church. Cause so <laughs> I don't know how PG I can be here, but um, yeah. basically there's like, there's a couple hundred young adults. And so I'm sitting waiting for this girl to bring this girl, Tanya. And well, the, you know, the, in this Baptist church, every, all the girls wore long dresses, Brian, the guys wore suits. And yeah. um, I had just gotten saved. And this girl who was a friend of mine named Dwyla, she was a nursing student. She brought a friend from her nursing program, this girl named Tanya. And so this girl, Tanya, walks across the front row in a mini skirt in a Baptist church. Whoa. And I love this stuff now because I think back and I go, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a lot of guys, I'm sure, were like <laughs> noticing her. And I noticed her too, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I noticed her and then I went, wow, I need to lead her to Jesus. She's gorgeous. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we went out for lunch and I shared the gospel <laughs> with her. And then I just kept meeting up with her and sharing the gospel. And then I took her to the same event or program that I went to. The guy that got up and called me out. Refiner's Fire. Crying. Yeah, Refiner's Fire. She started crying and I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, let's go. Now, I don't recommend this to young adults. You could get in trouble. But I basically found a back room and I shared the gospel. And I said, are you ready mm. to receive Jesus? She said, yeah. She broke down crying. She prayed to receive Jesus. And then I gave her about 24 hours, Brian, before asking her out uh, because, you know, they need time to grow in their walk with the Lord. You want to rush that. <laughs> so uh, so the next day I asked her out. She said yes. And then she went on, got passionate about the word of God, started sharing her faith with everyone. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon we fell in love and got married. So that's my wife, bro. I got to lead my wife to Jesus. It was pretty And awesome. you're in her basement right now. I'm in the basement the area she allows me to do things in, in the house. That's it. So, is it locked? Are you locked in the basement? I, I can't talk about it, although I will say the lock is on the outside, so do the math, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but how cool that such practical, basic things, I mean, for one, for that girl to first invite you, that is bold. So many times, I know, I can just hear totally. the evangelist in your voice anyway. We'll jump into your book specifically again in a moment. But that's as easy as a witness is. They say the number one reason why people go to church is because they're invited. So you were invited to this event. Obviously, you were thinking about the girl, just connecting with someone, getting over something. The Lord deals with you. A guy points you out. But so how long were you in the youth ministry then? What was that? like? I think I did that for a couple years, but then a really crazy thing happened uh if we're carrying on the story yeah i did that for a couple years it definitely wet my appetite for ministry but comedy was still kind of on the rise for me and so i started doing these things called double taps where you do a radio uh commercial and Mm -hmm. a tv commercial and you know you'd get sponsors that would get a double tap in other words they'd 
they'd get it on TV and they get it on radio. So mm -hmm. at the time, the second largest airline in Canada is an airline called WestJet Airlines. Yeah. And I think back in the day when Southwest Airlines started up, they took their, you know, they were like, we want to be the crazy fun airline, right? Mm -hmm. Am I right yeah. with that? Yeah. Okay. I've heard the guys so, on the speaker and they make fun and they joke. And yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So WestJet <laughs> Airlines said, we want to base our airline approach or model off of Southwest, but we want to crank it up a notch. And so that was how they were thinking. And so they called me and said, could I do a double tap, a radio TV commercial of me going to an airport and trying to go through the check baggage as a person, see what happened with security <laughs> and everything. I mean, this was before 9-11, right? You probably couldn't even get that far. You'd be shot or yeah, something. Yeah. But um, so I'm like climbing onto the conveyor belt. I go around the turnstile. We got a cameraman. We film this thing. We send it to the head office for WestJet. And they said, can you come and do some stand-up comedy? for our flight attendant staff party, 400 flight attendants. I said, sure, I'll do some stand-up comedy. So they fly me out to Calgary, mm. the main office, which is here. Yeah. I do some stand-up and then the CEO pulls me aside and he says, hey man, I want to talk to you. I said, what's up? He goes, we want to be the first airline in the world in the history of aviation to hire a full-time comedian. Would you take the job? And I was like, doing what? He's like writing one-liners, traveling to bases, buzzing staff. You know, doing stuff in the, in the, um, in the gates <laughs> wait, while people are waiting. Oh my goodness, bro. It was some of the, so I left being an assistant youth yeah. intern guy and I moved to Calgary and worked for four years with WestJet training comedy mm. to flight attendants, pilots, believe it or not. Wow. And, um, uh, customer service agent. So that was the next phase that God had for me, if you will. And it Which was is, is crazy because if you were my son and I was only focused on church looking ministry, I'd be like, well, yeah. you've got this youth, pa I mean, God called you out of this comedy club, the pastor, yeah, yeah. Out. it was maybe prophetic even. So you looked at the world and said, well, of course it's, it's financially there. Of course your yeah. wife was there, but you got to then go and interact with all these people that I'm guessing to this day, you're probably still friends with. It helped yeah, you yeah, a lot role of to be a future lead pastor because you're overseeing people, you're bringing the good, so to speak. But the amazing thing is this is all because of humor. If you were to put those things away, would any of these doors open? You know what I mean? Yeah, so and I mean, there's some great stories of old. I was reading a book way back in the day. Maybe some of your viewers don't know this guy, but there was a guy named uh, Keith, uh, help me now here. Keith Green, he wrote a book yeah, called No Compromise yeah. back in the day. And it was a guy, it was a professional musician, a really high level musician, mm -hmm. got saved and God was like, put your guitar down. Mm -hmm. And he thought he'd never use it again. But yep. um, actually God had a plan and he picked it back up later and used it for his glory. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a similar story. At one point I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the ministry, but I'm going to yeah. use these gifts God's given me comically when I got in the ministry, I thought, Oh, now I yeah. can't do comedy at all. So it took a while to use the two for sure. Yeah. But I, I actually have no compromise under my bed. It's a book I've oh, got sweet. to get into. I got it no years way. ago. I started it. I'd even talked to his wife, Melody through email years ago. Wow. Keith Green's, wow. I mean, he's powerful. He kind of yeah. was getting that stage of like everything's revival, very convicting songs. And from what I hear, yeah. As time was going, he was really getting to understand the grace even more because he was very mm -hmm. like, let's go. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's the, th the thing that's amazing is you're this zealous young man then. And when we met in England, one of the things you said that was amazing was that as this is all going on as well later, the last few years, you were contacted by Ravi Zacharias's ministry. And then, so, yeah. so how does a ministry where, I mean, you look at, you know, Ravi, who's obviously gone on to be with the Lord and 
such a delicate, gentle, bold man. How does he find a guy like you? And why does he want a comedian to go to these very serious conferences <laughs> and speaking places? Yeah. I know. I mean, this is the gospel. This is using all things to be. Yeah. So how did that yeah. happen? Book promotional moment. It's in the book. Uh, mm. So <laughs> we're going to promote no, the book. I, I want people who have a sense of humor, I, funny, to I, be able to hear I'm the story fun. and be like, you get to be you. You know, you yeah, need yeah, to totally. enjoy your Christian. Listen, the Jewish feast, if you look at them, they were parties. They celebrated them. That's right. Yes, yeah. there was days for mourning. For sure. But we should be excited. We should be, mm. I mean, in the midst of this whole COVID thing, it could be crazy. More and more Americans are stacking up on guns. There's more wild. There's, there's more hate and pain. But we have joy. We have joy with what's totally. to come. So, Yep. Anyway, Ravi and the crew. Yeah, and and I only I jokingly say it's in the book. I just mean the long form of this is probably in there. But um, mm. the short story goes like this: <laughs> Someone I, I was running a outreach in our city called Gravity Church, and uh, it just became known as Gravity, and it was just taken off like gangbusters. Tons of young adults mm. coming to it, upwards of fifty getting saved a night. It was wow. a real like you know, what is revival? It's not based on how many people mm-hmm. get rocked. It's just, it was revival. And so yeah. it had this incredible impact in our city and at the event. And anyway, some some of Ravi's pre-team for him coming to our city to speak at a conference, mm-hmm. we're at that. Bunch of guys in suits. So the producer grabs me and she goes, look in the front row. There's all these guys in suits, right? And so the, they were there and were they laughing? Uh, were they laughing though? They were they were laughing, but I didn't know what they were there for. And I was doing this thing where I would do Brian some comedy at the start, then an apologetic, and then a Jesus passage and a topic, and then a full on like call to salvation. And Amen. it was great. Some nights up to fifty got saved, and it was just an amazing time. And so they came and talked to me and asked for a coffee. And I said, sure, let's go for a coffee. Go for a coffee. And then basically their their story was, we are really good as a ministry at reaching the mind, but like this, yeah. help connecting to the heart. Yeah. And, uh, and that's certainly not, let me just say right off the bat, that's not a commentary on Robbie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's amazing at that, but just holistically, they're training all these guys to go across the world. So they said we do, and I don't have all the details on this. Yeah. I don't, I'm a terrible memory, but basically I think they pick a different country in a different city every year, if I'm not mistaken, to do this like training center thing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to train 200 people and they're all going to be guys in suits. Can you come and help us have more fun with our message. <laughs> so actually I went there and um, the person on the team was a guy named Andy Bannister. That's the guy that first reached out to me. I've heard of Andy Bannister. And I uh, became a good friend and we're good friends now. And he ministers with, I connected him with Creation Fest actually with Brian Broderson and mm-hmm. Creation Fest. And, um, and now he works with them just, well, did work with them up till this year, uh, every year. And, uh, he's just a great apologetic guy. Some great, if you're looking for a a really good guy to read, he's, he's got Mm. some excellent stuff. So anyway, he's the guy that reached out. Then he introduced me to, you know, Ravi and his team, like Abdu Murray and Abdu Murray was Mm -hmm. really keen on this. And so I did my message that night. Well, I've always wanted to preach on how to use humor and it's important <laughs> in what we do, but no one's ever asked me, bro. So it was like, I was like a child, you know, that got a new toy. And I mean, cause whoever calls up and goes, Hey, could you teach a bunch of, you know, yeah, professor level doctorate yeah. people how to 
how to add humor to their message. Mm-hmm. So I do this message called Other Side, which is really the principal chapter in the book. And it's about what makes something funny and how we can use it in our message. Afterwards, it was like really well taken. And three of the guys, I wouldn't have written a book, but three of the guys from Ravi's ministry approached me and said, you need to put this in a book. Three of his key guys said, this is Who are is familiar good. with books, familiar with speakers, authors. All, and all, all just... writers, all authors, all well-established guys. Well, all we, even, we even had Lisa Childers on just recently, you know, and she's big on progressive Christianity, challenging it and all the rest. And it's so true that we're trying to be so relevant to whoever walks in the door. But a lot of times there's not a seriousness. There's not always a reverence. And we'll, we begin to like trim the important things off, which you can't do. The thing about no. Calvary Chapel is it's always been bold and convicting and loving. And that's how when we met, we're both like, okay, we're just sure. yeah. on the same team doing the same thing. So, so you're obviously serious, but it's funny. And what does the message consist of? I mean, are you using scripture and making jokes? Are you just humorous about people? What, how do you even begin to form that? You know, like, to teach these guys on this. Well, did you, as you, you know, we're going to get into how it went deeper, but had you wrote this sermon like 16 years ago and gone, there's no way anyone would ever uh, let me preach this. Like, were you gathering yeah, material? <laughs> no, that's good. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Thank you. Um, I, I, it's a combination. You probably know this. I, I, <laughs> I read it somewhere. I'm sure, but yeah. you know, this, some sermons you get like the day before and you're like, Oh my goodness, that was way yeah. too much sweat and tears and blood right and then other sermons (laughs) they're not born in a day they're born like you said 25 years long so for me i after Mm. i got saved i went into a church with two comedians and they weren't christians the preacher gets up on stage he tells a joke because he's trying to connect right yeah and i turned to the the other Yeah. yeah and i turned to the other two guys which were guys that i was training in comedy and i said oh my goodness he just totally butchered the rule of threes and they go yeah totally butchered it (laughs) now you kind of go what's the natural question you want to know what's the rule of threes right so i thought what if we taught some of this stuff look i don't think this should be a course in seminary or bible bible school i'm not saying that there's nothing in the scripture that says oh Mm -hmm. we need to have courses on this i'm just saying from someone that got saved out of the world of comedy into the world where people are getting up and speaking 40 minutes or an hour every week it's like everyone seems to want to connect and they all mm-hmm. kind of use humor or are really happy. Like John Piper, you said yeah. when they actually do something, they're like, Oh, people are laughing, yeah. but nobody's ever stopped to go well, wait, You know, there's a whole world of people over here that this yeah. is what they do for fun. And they, yeah. we actually have techniques and things we could, <laughs> if you're going to use it, might yeah. as well get some pointers. So that's yeah. really the whole gist. So I just tried to have some fun, do some comedy with them and then go, why are you laughing right now? What is it that made that funny? And why does that make a difference (laughs) to bringing a message across? And, uh, and so these guys, I mean, I was worried, right? My first joke had to work, right? Because I came out the dude, there were guys with like, uh, full on tuxedos and bow ties. And I was like, Oh snap, if this doesn't work, Lord, I'm going to crawl into the green room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. Because the professors, they're serious. They're yep. judging everything. They want to hold the word to a standard. Yep. So do you want to know my opening line? I think you'll, yeah, I've totally I forgot this till just this moment. I walked out on <laughs> stage. So they had said, you'll love this. Actually. I totally forgot <laughs> this. Let's see if I can, uh, for anyone <laughs> watching the video, I think you'll like this. Yeah. See, you got this like glossy magazine here. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so they had sent this glossy magazine about this thick, everybody yeah. watching, okay? Yeah. And in it was this, like, 
It was just a glossary of the people that were speaking at this conference. Okay, so I am in between, in the glossary, I am in between Ravi Zacharias, bro, mm-hmm. and some guy whose name I can't remember, but he basically wrote the New Testament in Greek. Yeah. But, and he's like the two <laughs> top dogs of the whole conference, and I'm in between them. So I walk out on stage. I think my opening line was, hey, guys, um, my name's Joel Turner. If you're wondering who I am, I'm in between Ravi Zacharias and I forget this guy's name, but he's like yeah. infamous in their world as like yeah. <gasps> the guy that wrote the New Testament in Greek, right? So I'm like, uh, if you look for me in the glossary, I'm in between Ravi Zacharias and this guy, right? Yeah. And 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 then I said, that's like talk about putting a Mona Lisa uh, or putting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. I said that's like putting Mike Tyson in between Abraham and Isaac and taking a selfie. And they lost it. They uh, they must have thought that was funny. They just kind of, they broke laughing. And I was like, oh, good. I and can then step I said, into this now. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, good. I broke it. And then I think the next thing I said, and I'm, these are not polished jokes. If you're mm-hmm. watching, there's inevitably, there's someone right now going, that was not very funny. But yeah, listen, yeah. there was, yeah. there, there, I, I, um, uh, I think the next thing I said was, oh, and by the way, um, I was tempted because I noticed Ravi has eight letters after his name and this other guy has 10 after his. I called my wife and I said, babe, I got no letters after my name. And she goes, just put Esquire. That's seven. You'll be good. So that, you know, that's kind of, that's how it all started. But that's the lighthearted humor. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. I, I mean, you've probably heard me share. I'm very serious when I share because I don't want to get away from the word. I want to unpack this. I'm sweating. I mean, I'm in a hot room right now. I'm yeah. sweating. And then when I you get off, off a lot, the yes. pulpit, yeah, when I get off the pulpit, <laughs> I'm like as goofy as you are. And a lot of yeah. that comes from, I don't mean goofy in a bad way, but that's just like, that's your humor. It pulls people out of themselves. It relaxes everything. It diffuses situations. So you were invited into this. And how many years did you begin to travel? And because and, you, I mean, obviously seeing Ravi and these amazing apologetics folks. Sure. Yeah. People tearing down strongholds, the mind, just preaching the gospel. How long did you go and travel with them? And yeah. You know, I only did, let's see, uh, I did one thing that lasted about seven days with them and I've only done two other things with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we would say, um, Andy Bannister, he names himself an adjunct speaker, meaning yeah. I'm attached to them. I call myself an adjunct adjunct speaker, meaning yeah. I'm sort of attached to attached to them. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm supposed to contact them after writing the book. So I'll probably give them a call soon and be like, they were interested in when the book's done, call us, then we'll do something else. So I'm like, okay. But, and everything's uh, shut down now anyway. So what can you even be exactly, planning? Exactly. And, yeah. Totally. And so the book is called Humor Me. And one yeah. of the, one of the interesting things it says, I just noted on the top, one of the, uh, it says, I find Joel very attractive. And that's by Joel's wife. How to add comedy to your brain, your life, and your message. And there's a a photo of a pug on there, a black pug. Yeah. It's not my best photo. No, yeah. It resembles you, though. People do look like their dogs. So so so, so so. they wanted this to get going. You got it out. You put it out. And it sold out, right? Like, it just went. Yeah, it sold out uh, three times. Twice in uh, the States and once in Canada. Um, That's crazy. So, Yeah. I mean, we say sold out. So there's only 12 books available, but um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think no, it was 13. It, it, yeah. Yeah. 13. That's right. Yeah. No, but the, uh, the publishing house, I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, that's cause to celebrate. So be thankful and, mm-hmm. and we'll restock it as fast as we can. So it's good. been so a really cool momentum. thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's gotten quite a bit of uh, interest and 
so been blessed to do to be able to speak about it more mm-hmm. and this idea and get it uh, going I, and yeah yeah and I, I i really do think that it's more about heavenly perspective than it is mm-hmm. just about humor the book yeah i mean people are going to hear in your writing the gospel evangelism using it you know one of the things that I always kind of had a hard time with was people wanted me to stay so much in the skate world, which I love, but I was just focusing on marriages. I just want to start reading and studying. And, and a lot of times, you know, Joel just mentioned a minute ago, preaching sermons. When I preach at our home church, and it's like a whole passage going through Ephesians or James. I might take four or five days thinking about that, dissecting it. That is a heavy focus. People kind of get sure. sick, yeah. they get stressed, they get wound up when I'm traveling and it's more of the other stuff. So it is like now as a lead pastor, then how much of the humor and what you built back in the day is part of leading the church? Or, I mean, how, how does a guy like yourself run this big church then? You know, do you have a couple of serious people around you? Or what? I have a lot of serious people <laughs> around me. I have a lot of, uh, I, I really believe first off in putting people who are better than yourself at mm-hmm. what they do Amen. around you. So I have a, a, you know, pastors that are uh, really great shepherds. I'm yeah. more of an evangelist. I yeah. still love our people. Don't get me wrong. Just like a good evangelist, like yourself, you, you love people. But my natural affinity is to exhort and evangelize. Yeah. So even when I teach, it's more preaching than it is teaching, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, although we're blessed in a day and age that you can slip in teaching stuff because it's available. You can learn so much from other Easily, guys. Yeah. But, but the bottom line for me is, um, I, I just, how do I, how do I mix humor into what I do? It's time dependent, bro. If someone, mm-hmm. were, someone were to jump on my YouTube channel, they might watch one sermon and be like, oh, that was hilarious. And another one and be like, that wasn't to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it's really dependent on the context of what you're doing. So if I'm going to speak at a massive conference, well, then I'm like, I'm going to crank it up because yeah. it connects with more people. It brings the walls down mm-hmm. in a massive conference. Nobody knows you, you know, like, so in England at creation fast, I typically do some British humor. Even I'll even, yeah, yeah. I can get away with the accent because I'm from there and make yeah. jokes about growing up there. And yeah. <laughs> I use a lot more humor at like creation fast or at a conference. Yeah. Uh, but in my home church, no, I'm probably a little more like yourself. Like I usually yeah. start They're with coming to get what fed. I yeah. Yeah, like I'll break down walls and I'll use comedy naturally as I speak, (laughs) but I don't have as much time on an ongoing basis to write one-liners. Yeah. Unless, you know, oh, it's a slow week and oh, that's really funny. I should, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll write some one-liners, but Mm -hmm. I would have to really make an effort if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm just thinking through that because for one, it's a gift. It's a bending, you know, like. English people have very dry humor. So people often say when I'm speaking, I'll say something. And by the time they catch up, I'm on like the next joke or something that's kind of breaking the ice to set up something serious. Mm -hmm. But so along with that, I just want to even talk for a moment just about here you guys are in Canada. I mean, pastorally, how are you guys doing as a church? I don't doubt that, you know, I did a thing with Stephen Bancars recently that got like 40, 50,000 people view. And so a lot of these new age Jesus people came over a lot of skateboarders tune in, a lot of just very sweet, Amazing. you know, moms and dads. So yeah. as a pastor, what are you seeing in Canada and how are you just shepherding people? Some people are freaking out right now, you know, just to encourage yeah. us as well. What are you seeing at your home church? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I would say obviously through the lens of an evangelist, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at something like 
coronavirus, COVID-19, all that's gone in the world, slightly different. I'm going, I call this warp, Brian, but I got excited. It's not that I got excited excited. about. I'm excited. Yeah. It's not what, it's not that I got excited about uh, suffering and sickness and those kind of things. Not at all. Mm -hmm. That's so sad and heartbreaking. And I have a friend of a friend who died from it. I have several friends who've caught it just like a lot of your listeners. Yeah. And maybe some of them listening obviously have it. And, 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 but I'll tell you what happened. I basically just got really fired up and two things happened mm-hmm. right as COVID was hitting. I was having problem breathing out of one side. So I have like a narrow septum. I can only breathe out of one side of my nose. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the doctor and she sent me to the respiratory and they did all these tests. So, and this is right at the time when COVID's hitting. I'm not even kidding you. And I'm generally a non-fearful, glass half full, let's take the hill kind of guy. This doctor sits down with me and this is just sort of coming out about Italy now and around Mm -hmm. that time. And she goes, February, March. Yeah. She goes, this COVID thing, you don't want to get it. If you get it, you die. (laughs) And I was like, okay, thank you. I guess she missed bedside manner training, right? Because she's like, like, you dead. You know, I was like, okay, all right. So I went home and it's funny because I'm not normally a fearful guy, but total fear came over me. It's pretty scary. You die. If if the other nostril goes, you're you're dead. You're a a dead man. Sign your will, uh, you know, start preparing things. So I dug a hole in the backyard just in preparation, told the kids, daddy rolls over, just push me in this thing. Um, No, I'm kidding. But honestly, I was, I was, all of a sudden fear came over me Mm. and it was spiritual too, man. And I was like, I can't leave my house. Uh, staff people have to drop things off. Uh, you know, what, what if I, like it just, she, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a sense of responsibility with this thing, but yeah. honestly, it was an unhealthy, ungodly fear. Yeah. And well, I, some, I'd even preached well, and said all really, the verses. What's yeah, that? That, that? That's very traumatic. I mean, people don't realize it when someone gets divorced or someone has an affair yeah. or you have a yeah. car accident it doesn't go away. Like you're forever changed. And someone's saying that, I mean, I'm saying this because even though we're navigating and churches are open and here we are, you know, joking on a podcast, there's just a different climate everywhere. So, so you're diagnosed with hair diagnosis if you get it. And so what do you go home? You're fearful. You start reading all the verses. You're telling the church this. And I'm my top, my top fear to be honest was, uh, providing for my wife and kids, you know, it was like, what happens to them and what kind of example have I set? And so, um, (laughs) that's why we're promoting the book today. Yeah. To get, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you don't have COVID right now. Do you (laughs) No, this went south fast, didn't it, bro? You're like, (laughs) okay, this isn't funny, Joel. No, but you know, so then here's what happened. Uh, I had some serious, we need to be able to see what, what you walk through. Yeah. For sure. So what happened was it was about two weeks of just cloaked with fear. And uh, and it's not my nature. And I was hiding in this very furnace room. I actually oh, don't come no. back here much. Yeah. And uh, so I was like bubble boy. And uh, But pretty soon, uh, God used the pa- one of the pastors on staff hmm. to just speak into my life and another friend. And all of a sudden, in a day, I just had this moment where God was like, so what? It's appointed for man to, I might cry, man, Mm. this moves me. Mm. It's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment, meaning I know the days of your life. Are they not numbered? Mm. Your life is but a breath, Joel, and then it's gone. Mm. So if I already know, why do you care? Why do you fear? You know what I mean? 
don't walk irresponsibly. I mean, I don't lick door handles for fun yeah. now. You know, running the road yeah, but, with your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah totally. Stuff like that. I hang out at the hospital just for <laughs> pleasure. No, like, but my point is this: it was like it all lifted, and God mm-hmm. was like, "Now go do what I called you to do." And honestly, in our church, bro, from that point on, mm-hmm. it was like insane. And mm-hmm. we had a bunch of churches like copy what we were doing because God was on the move so much. The first thing we did was we made an invite mm-hmm. for neighbors. And I think a lot of people did this. Yeah. And uh, and we made an invite and it was like, you know, check these boxes if we can bring groceries or if you need a hug or someone to talk to. At the bottom, it was like, come to our online service. Then I'm like, we need to get lawn signs. Everybody's yeah. in their home. The only thing they're doing is walking the neighborhood, you know, at yeah. two meters apart. So let's put signs on the lawn inviting people to our live stream and then i'm like first before we get do the signs let's make our live stream really good so Mm -hmm. then we like put all this got better camera (laughs) equipment gear uh you know and we started uh we hired a guy purely to figure out how to reach more people online we just that was his solo job not a christian (laughs) we just brought this guy in because he uh He's an expert at doing this. And so <laughs> actually, I don't know if he's a Christian. Sorry. I'm yeah. spoken soon. He could be. Yeah. Anyway, the point is we, <laughs> we got amped at that. And then we did, uh, this is really cool. We took our small groups in our church. They're called refresh groups. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's add the symbol plus to that. And let's yeah. tell our refresh group leaders, open your house to beyond the 12 we normally give you. And so anybody in your area, your neighbors, Mm. your friends can come stick the sign outside and let's crank up the refresh groups. So we had like groups that would like move the TV screen out onto the lawn, pull couches out and and they still do this and get upwards of 40 people. Just sit there and hang out. Yeah. And they'd watch the whole live stream service and invite their neighbors. So we were seeing some rate cool things um we even had the person that you know that you're using a yeti microphone yeah. i'm using a yeti microphone yep that they're made by logitech well the person uh who represents logitech for our province which is like yeah. your state the state of california lives her mom lives next door to me <laughs> and because we put this inviter in her door and she told her daughter that the neighbor who's from a church was reaching out to her she goes well i want to help the church so she gave us a camera and she gave us this incredible microphone and, Mm. you know, just for podcast stuff like this. And it was incredible. And then we had people that uh, got saved watching the live stream. And then we had a guy, this, this is crazy. There's a guy who's like a horse wrangler. He was watching the live stream and we had people all over the world watching it. And we went from, uh, I think like 80 views on our live stream to over a thousand on the first week. Wow. And then this guy from, now, again, I say a thousand. We yeah. know a bunch of those are like, you know, people clicking Families on it for like and 30 seconds. Yeah, right? but it's also families yeah. sitting there. And who totally, knows? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Who knows how many God reached? But this guy was a horse wrangler just out of town and he rededicated his life to the Lord. And then he basically was like, how can you use my horses? And I'm like, well, it's funny you say that. I've got a series coming up. And honestly, you guys, you want some fun? Go watch this. <laughs> and I said, I've got a series on the woes where Jesus talks about the woes in Matthew. I said, I'm thinking of calling the series, Whoa, Big Fella. Could mm. you? Could we meet somewhere and me get on a horse and I shoot a video for the live stream? He goes, well, why don't I just come right up to your house with the horses? I'm like, bro, I live in inner city, like 1.4 million people. <laughs> I live inner city. There's never been horses in the area. He goes, I know, but Joel, the rules for horses outside of town are way stricter than in town. They oh, just don't no. have them. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he rolls up, bro, with this massive horse trailer. He's unloading horses. I'm going up and down my street with horses. You got, oh my goodness, Brian, this one guy. Send me the link. Out yeah. filming with iPads. Everyone's filming with iPads and iPhones. And this one neighbor, about four houses down, he's got his iPad out and he's filming me like this as I go by on this horse. And he goes, it really is the apocalypse now, isn't it? <laughs> and you mean so horses, we, not those moose things, because you see mooses everywhere. No, dude. Horses you know, are... Yeah. If I Canadianized this, I would have said that. Hey, Morse, yeah, that. we had we had moose and we had uh, elk and uh, zambonis, but no, it was it was just horses. <laughs> so everyone's basically because I say this because I know we've been I mentioned John MacArthur the last few episodes because in America, you know, he did allow his church. They honored the service. They said, "Hey, apparently millions of people are going to be dead soon. Here's what we're going to do." And then they had all the news coming out. I know a lot of my Canadian friends up in Edmonton, they were saying, hey, isn't America going crazy? And then as time went on, John MacArthur, who's line by line, book by book, said people just started showing up. And we checked the numbers and that many people weren't dying. And it's the right to show up. So as that began to unfold, you had, I'm sure you heard the report a few days ago, that supposedly only 6% of people that have ever actually gotten covid I mean, could possibly even die from it, you know, which is like, it's like a mild. Yeah, it seems crazy. I don't So that's good. Then it's not just us. There's a lot of people that are like, this is, a, this seems like over the top, like there's an agenda here. Because Europe, I mean, yeah. I mean, the stats are, you are more likely to get killed in a car accident yeah. than by COVID. And before COVID, none of us went outside and went, okay, Lord, I don't want to die in a car accident today. We just lived our lives, just you know? Live. And, but I would say this to anybody that is not a Christian, you can have that peace in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Christian from someone who went through fear and back, uh, you know, God just really smacked me around and said, remember whose mm-hmm. you are. Like mm-hmm. I am sovereignly over your life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I know the days they're in my hand. So trust mm-hmm. me. And I think that's something where all <laughs> of a sudden it's like people are just tossing trust out the window, bro. Well, you even just said, you know, your main concern if you were, like the nurse said, you get COVID, you're dead. Your main concern was your family. My concern is my family. My concern is, man, where are my kids yeah. now? What's happening? But here's the thing. You really don't have control of your family. You really don't control, have control of my family. We do our best. But if you did get sick, if you did whatever, and we're not saying that thing isn't real. I have friends yeah. who, are, yeah. who are nurses who really are in the trenches and say, Brian, I have seen mm-hmm. this where there's radical things, lung shutting down, all the rest. But here's my point. If you were so concerned with your wife and your kids and I am, God is way more concerned with us and our families and God actually knows. He isn't wondering what's happening. And I've made the point about COVID over and over like, hey, sin is the virus. But here's why. Um, If 2,000 years ago, Joel's family and my family came to faith, what we are saying is these Christians, these Jewish Christians, these Gentiles, these Greeks, whatever you want to say at the time, in the days of the New Testament, these folks right now are going to be persecuted. So you are walking into COVID. You are walking into this. I mean, they were getting hung from this, banned by that, you know, and put on stakes and all the rest. I mean, human torches. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, so, so now we're freaking out. Because, and I'm just saying this because along with this, and I, I, I guarantee some of the listeners that I, I already know are just like, man, just go full-blown end times. You know, do a next follow-up podcast. But here's the thing. If you look at it today, Israel's a nation. Um, this whole possible peace treaty, the Abrahamic Accord that just got signed. I heard that Trump even is getting possibly nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. 
if you're bringing peace in the Middle East, if there's all these things going on, if we're, you know, 5,000 something plus years in the Jewish calendar, what is it? 775. There's so many things going on. I'm an end times guy, but now people that don't even read the Bible are obsessed with this end time. They're obsessed with the vaccine. They're obsessed with the mark. They want to know all these things. And I'm saying this because you mentioned revival casually throughout and you can fill a stadium of 50,000 excited Christians. I mean, you get the top five bands, top five speakers. There we go. But revival is when God starts convicting people and revival is when people open the word and it begins to grab a hold of them. Then he revives so hearts. Revival is yeah. in a comedy store, revival is in a skateboard. But then there is a pouring out of radical. I do believe God did special things at the Welsh revival or the revivals, you know. I know totally. I love I love revival and, so, and study yeah. that too. But I'm uh, saying that because in this season it is – you as a pastor, there was a fear and it was faith. And this is for anyone that we'll never know. Maybe messages wherever you are. I mean, literally my wife right now has gone down to her mom's house. I've shared with a bunch of people that her mom has had ALS now for like three or four months. Her body is shutting down. It is a crazy, crazy disease. You know, and I, someone had asked me, how do you even have faith in God. And I go, well, the only way I even make sense of ALS or COVID or what happens to kids or the, 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 the craziness that's probably going on behind the scenes with all these, you know, satanic families and the occult and Satan who rules this age right now. The only way it even makes sense is in Christ. If there's no yeah. Christ, it's not good for you because eventually mm -hmm. survival of the fittest, something like COVID is going to wipe you out. You're going to be done. And it's simple. So yeah, what were you going to say though? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm preach it, bro. I'm I'm with you. And if you do one on end times, that is literally my favorite topic. So okay. So where are we? To come on, you where and me. We? We're yeah. so close. My goodness, bro. Just Honestly. do it. Let's just go. Where, where are we? We're so. Uh, you I look at Matthew twenty four. Yeah, I just preached Luke twenty one as its future, right? Yeah, you're not post mill. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Mm. No, I mean, well, <laughs> you know, this I will promote, but yeah. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that right as I was dealing with this fear, we we're just going book by book, chapter by chapter through the Bible. Mm -hmm. We hit Matthew 24 in Matthew mm -hmm. at the start of COVID. Yeah. And I preached a series called Awaiting Arrival, which literally spanned the whole of the last, mm -hmm. you know, four months, five months. And I brought in some some well-known uh, guys to teach it with me, mm -hmm. Amir Safadi, um, David Guzik, John yeah. Wang. So guys that are well-known. Living in Revelation right now. Yeah, eschatology guys. And, yeah. I, and we taught it together. And oh my goodness, bro. Mm. Woo! It, it, Good. It's just my favorite subject. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I think uh, we, I mean, I, I don't know where to start. We're, we're, we're closer than we've ever been. That's, well, I mean, the, obvious the book statement. starts with saying blessed are those who read this. You know, sure. blessed yeah. are you because you're going to hear the truth. And there's just yep. too many things for me in Matthew 24 that I believe are future. And um, Daniel, you know, Dan let's see, Daniel 9 as well. I mean, they were the verses I pretty much came to faith on. And if you're looking at the world today, I guess the thing I'm, and I'll just be open, you know, it, it's Brian's podcast, you know, the Lord knows what we're doing. But if you wanted to sabotage a nation, you just divide them over race and you set them up to where they're either super mad at Trump or, I mean, people are going to go vote for, you know, yeah. Biden and the, the kind of videos you're seeing of him, the things he's doing, the things he said that just sounds so crazy. <laughs> I want to put a guy, but I'm like, I get Trump's an older guy who said some things, but I'm looking at either side and going, him, you're potentially going to have a nation that's on fire and there's riots and it's crazy. 
and you've got one side saying we don't want any police you want to be able to defend ourselves crazy crazy gone yeah. out and actually defended themselves and they're mad at it so i'm saying you make everyone super angry at trump then if he wins the other side goes crazy and what happens or if he loses does the other side go crazy and then the patriots respond and i'm just saying that alone the fact that you're okay okay deal, there's yeah. so much there that's like you i mean and i'll just say this people who are not part of america i seen a a clip the other day of a soldier, high-level soldier, who went into like in a whatever setting it was, a lot of government leaders and such in his town. And he said, I just want to um, rebuke you and tell you many of my friends who went to war for this nation, six of them took their lives since this shutdown. And he goes, this is a farce. I'm paraphrasing. Only 6% have been this serious. They lost their jobs, lost their homes. These, pen, these men shot themselves. And then they go, I want to tell you, if the police had funded, these are men who went overseas to defend this nation. And when they see people in this nation doing what they're doing, it's going to trigger and they're going to begin to fill the streets. And he goes, there's a million people like me. And he goes, I hope you're ready. And I'm just saying that alone is crazy. They said gun sales are up like what? 400%. Two million. It's, 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 it's America's getting to where it's crazy to where we look yeah. at the book of Revelation. And, and I don't think all those things have triggered yet. It gets very radical, you know, things hitting the earth, men's hearts will fail them, the love of men will run cold, we can go crazy. So, yeah, thoughts. <laughs> well, I, you know, we, we should do a podcast just on this, bro. Yeah. Because, uh, um, hold on, wouldn't yeah. you know it? Someone's calling me. I'm just going to yeah. get rid of this. How did I not turn that off? Awkward. So, but basically you know, there's so many ways to look at this. First of all, Ezekiel 38 prophesies mm -hmm. a day when a nation will put on flesh on the bones, the dry bones. Now you often hear like worship conferences promote, you know, oh, we're, we're putting on the, the flesh on dry bones and that's great, but that's not the context. The no, context is specific. the nation of Israel. The question is, can a nation be reborn in a day? And it's never happened before. You'll never bump mm -hmm. into a guy at the mall and be like, where are you from, dude? Oh, I'm from San Diego. How about your friend? Oh, he's a Canaanite. No, no, no. The Canaanites yeah. are gone. The Amorites, yeah. Hittites, Flebites, yeah. all of them. They're all gone. So, but the nation of Israel was reborn May 14th, 1948. Mm -hmm. This has never happened before. Now take mm -hmm. just Jesus when he walked along. Now I'm getting excited. Let's now Jesus, it. when he walked along with the disciples and they passed a fig tree and he cursed it. Now that's mm -hmm. a weird story. And people are like, well, why did he curse that fig tree? The disciples are like, why are you cursing the fig tree? And he goes, that fig tree won't give fruit until bear fruit, right? It's not going to bear fruit mm -hmm. until when, until 1948, Israel is the nation of the fig tree. Mm -hmm. And he says, the generation that sees the rebirth of the fig tree, will that not. generation will not pass away. Well, okay. The argument, how long's a generation? Mm -hmm. So we, we don't know. I mean, the best estimate in the Bible is uh, David at one point in the Psalm mm -hmm. says, do you not know that a person's life or generation is 70 years yeah. long? Okay, fine. Maybe that's when it is. Mm -hmm. But you've got a problem then because that's 2018. I think the point of this is, mm -hmm. you want to know how near you are to the last days? Take the generation of 1948. And is there anyone still alive that yeah. was born in 1948, Brian? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. That means that that's how close we are, I believe. to 100 years if it was to be that far. Right? And also, right? then you've got 1967. Then you've got yeah. even what Took Trump did, which is crazy. You know what Trump oh, yeah. did, right? Oh, yeah. Same day, but then May when you 18th, take 2018. 
he, but, he, yeah, he, but then yeah. even when you look, <laughs> even when you look at uh, Ezekiel thirty-eight, okay. So we believe that uh, first of all, I would say that um, the rapture is a signless event, meaning it can happen at any time. The mm-hmm. the Bible people say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, it's probably because mm-hmm. you got the wrong Bible. It's the it's the harpazo means mm-hmm. to be caught away caught by away. force. So when he says in First Thessalonians four, uh, I think it's first thirteen through eighteen, that chunk of scripture. So we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, mm-hmm. harpazo. There it is, rapture. So it is in your Bible. Mm-hmm. And it was just translated into English through that word. <laughs> but the point is this, like there's going to be a catching away. And mm-hmm. I believe when you look at the timeline, Ezekiel 38 says in the very last days, it says it three times, mm-hmm. these nations will be surrounding Israel. Now, Brian, this alone is probably the craziest indicator of in, uh, indicator of how close we are. Yeah. In Ezekiel 38, you have all these nations that formerly hated each other, Russia, mm-hmm. Iran, Turkey, and they are aligned outside 20, of Israel. 500 plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, you have what we look for in prophecy, and I would call myself as much a prophecy guy as an evangelist or a comedian, mm-hmm. but what we look for in prophecy is prophecy is very patternistic, meaning mm-hmm. what? We read things very like uh, sequential when we yeah. go, well, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Your Bible's not written that way, and mm-hmm. Jewish writers don't think that way. When they think of prophecy and writing, they think patternistic. Yeah. So, But we have some indicators of things that all look like they're happening at the same time or right as the end times. Take, for example, Isaiah 17, the mm-hmm. destruction of the city of Damascus. If you yeah. come on an Israel tour, you overlook Damascus from mm-hmm. what's called the Golan Heights. And I have so much fun because I take mm-hmm. tours there and I <laughs> point out the Golan Heights and I go, that area right there, guys, is where some crazy stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Damascus is the longest standing um, city that has not been destroyed, inhabited, the longest inhabited city-state on earth, because the nation of Syria is a city-state, and Damascus is that. It's not been destroyed yet, yet Isaiah 17 says Mm. that right before the return of the Lord, guess what? It shall be wiped out. Well, we just saw Lebanon the other day take Mm -hmm. a massive hit. It was all over the news. These are things that prepare people for one day seeing similar, and I think it's right Mm -hmm. around the corner in Damascus. That'll be the trigger or the light, I think. Uh, but all these nations that Ezekiel 38 says, they are right now, they are camped exactly where yeah. Ezekiel 38 says. Right even the, even the peace back. accord, it's done behind the scenes. It comes out, Jared Kushner. You know, it's funny and people say it's all conspiracy, but when you live at, you know, 666 Fifth Avenue, you're tied to, <laughs> I mean, Netanyahu says we've known him since he was a little boy. And again, I'm not someone who says this is it. I do believe you'll know the season. It says no man knows the day or the hour. But I believe that is pointing to Rosh Hashanah, that festival, because they wouldn't have known the day or the sure. hour. But he says, brothers, you are not in the dark. You are in the light. You know, yeah, we're, that's we're an in interesting Christ. concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously Rosh Hashanah, September 18th to 20th, it's the only Jewish feast where we don't actually know the day. Uh, why? Two because days. the priest has to come out and he looks up in the sky, right? And he's... He's waiting for the right signal. The in, moon crescent. And, and when he sees that crescent, then they blow the trumpet. So most, if Wait, you how many point trumpets out. Do they blow? How many trumpets do they blow? That's a great question. Is it 99. 99. And then 99. a final one. So okay. Jesus fulfilled the first Jewish feast. We know that. Yeah, We're in he's this already period done that. of the Gentiles. And if this is accurate, because God is a God of signals and signs, you know, Genesis. Yep. yep. And there's the, the few left. 
And if that triggers, and this is all, of course, going with a more calorie theology, a more Chuck Miss theology, sure. rapture, yeah. caught up to be with the Lord, you know, so much going on, yeah. his return, while a lot of other people might say, and here's the thing I've always looked at, I believe that this son sure. of perdition, so to be, or in the middle of a tribulation, that's when you're going to see this temple or the sacrifice. But I believe the yep. first three and a half years could just be a spiritual darkness. Like I never thought I would see people running in the streets, setting things on fire. I never thought I would yeah, see yeah, yeah. more black people dead through riots over a black person and possibly by black people. And then dumb white people going out who are offended at everything, smashing stuff up, just inciting mm-hmm. things. That's mm-hmm. like an evil I've never seen. Is Bro, even I'm like telling you, so, so from up here in Canada, looking yeah. down, and uh, we find it really interesting that, like, to me, I, I think the tinderbox is mm-hmm. just, like, ready to blow. Because I look at, like, look, if Trump gets in, you're going to have a revolution on your hands, possibly. If he doesn't get in and Biden gets in, the first thing he's going to do is pull out support from Israel. And the Bible says, I will bless thee that bless thee. And once that support goes from Israel, then the enemies that are waiting Collapses. outside the doors will get a green light to attack the Golan's, the Golan Heights. Crazy. And, and, and so, I, you know what? But the cool thing is, is all that, like, what we do know is that the Antichrist will broker a peace treatment, treat, uh, agreement for seven years, peace yeah. treaty. And he will uh, bring about the rebuilding of the third temple. Now, here's yeah. how close we are. The third temple, all the articles are already built. And I take mm-hmm. tours there every couple of years. The menorah is right there. This mm-hmm. massive eight-foot golden candlestick. Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I it's mean, right I, I outside love, the Wailing I love Wall. studying the, it, the CAD drawings are designed, the red heifer. Uh, they oh. know the lineage of, of the priests. And here's the thing but, that I was amazed to hear. They said, <laughs> we don't actually need a temple. We just need an altar. They said, we yeah, can build yeah. an altar out of breeze blocks. You know, Very you, interesting. They, they yeah. actually did a fake, a practice one, what, last year? Yeah, um, they did. Yeah, that's right. Here's the thing. Where they say the wall was, they say that's probably not the wall. They say it's probably in the old city of David. And they say they believe there's there's more artifacts. They sure. say the that's Ark of the Covenant thing, Jeremiah's Grotto. Yeah. And I've never been to Israel. I yeah, just yeah. study all this. I just love I mean. For anyone so, listening, I, yeah, get into this. When stuff. I take tours, like I'm leading a tour there next October, you should come, bro. It's a blast. Yeah. But when I take tours there, I show them <laughs> all the articles for the temple. I show them the menorah. You can take photos with it. Hmm. People are like, well, the enemies of Israel, why do they leave the menorah right there? Someone could steal it. I'm like, okay, it's eight foot tall, six feet wide. It's solid gold. Nobody's walking out of there. It's also the most televised place on earth sovereign it's not yeah, touch. you right. want to go near that you know i mean well, those witnesses are going to call down fire in the end times and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something funny you'll love this this <laughs> is a this is a ooh mufasa moment are you yeah, ready yeah. so i went up to the temple mount and my tour guide who actually got to lead to the lord he's mm-hmm. a he's a Levit- levitical jew yeah he's a grumpy guy <laughs> you got it yeah all right a levitical Selfie jew moment. Yay. And, and he's a bit of a grumpy guy and he got saved on the Mount of Olives when I was preaching on this very topic on right. what we're talking about, the return of the Lord, yeah. the Kidron Valley, Jesus yep. marching up into the temple. Yep. And, uh, and so we, I took them through all the artifacts and guess what? They think that the temple can re- be rebuilt, Brian, yeah. in 90 days. That's yeah. all it takes them because they built so much of this stuff off site. You know what else? The, the, 
for years and years and years, they've been looking for the perfect heifer because they have to have the perfect red heifer. Mm-hmm. Guess when they got it? When? This year for yeah. Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. So, yeah, bro, I mean, it I seen is the like, headline and I did see it's crazy. They actually brought, was it goats from Canada that had the mm. same spots as Jacob's goats and they'd wow. never been in Israel in years? I mean, so for, for those listening, I hope there's people listening who are just like, oh, what are these two guys talking about? And I'm saying, and and a couple of things I always tell people who are doubting their faith, maybe don't know. Yeah, always tell people watch Ray Comfort's God vs. Evolution because it's amazing scientifically. Talk about biology things, and I always tell people watch the real Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's forty something minutes long, and it's crazy. It's literally crazy. I believe that's Mount Sinai. It's a cool. guy from Huntington who was a cop. Yep. It was a guy who was a multimillionaire. And you see yep. the video and you've got the stone cracked 40 feet high. You've got the black on the mountaintop. You've got um, Elijah's cave. And then you've got the government that wants no one to go in there. And I'm going back, of course, to why we're talking about the menorah and God's sovereignty. God puts people in office, oversees a nation. Sometimes he'll bring people in to cast judgment because of the sin. Sometimes he'll lead them a certain place. I don't believe, I believe Satan gets to have rule and reign over so much stuff. Even the Cardi B stuff that's on TV and some of the crazy things that are happening with the industries and the actors and the stuff that we don't really care about. It's just, it's a podcast. We can talk about it. But I yep. believe God leads a nation certain way, lets it trigger, and Satan can't control that. He gets to do certain things like he did with Job, God allows it. But I think we're hitting ahead now where it's like, mm-hmm. well, well, where do you go? They said two-thirds of Americans won't take a vaccine. Um, you can't have a vaccine without a virus. And once you have a vaccine, I'm not saying that's a mark or chip, but the fact that Revelation just says you will not be able to buy or sell. Apparently, there's a coin shortage in America now. Um, it's getting more plastic. It's getting more digital. So... I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to go to Israel next year, to be honest. I think. Um, no, I don't yeah. know either, man. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, it's like the church thing. I, I'll tell you some cool thing. I mean, there's so <laughs> much I want to share with you about this uh, and with you, bro, because I'm so primed on this too right now. Mm. It's just super exciting. I mean, there's a ton of things, right? Like, take even, you know, who's the Antichrist? And, mm-hmm. and that's interesting about Kushner. I had not heard that. Yeah. I, know, I know also that Macron. Mm-hmm. is looking very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Macron, his first name means God with us. Has no children, and, right? Yeah. Yeah, no kids. And some of the stuff around that guy right now is crazy. Some of the things that mm-hmm. match up with uh, his story. A world and, leader, someone of influence and power. Israel's going to receive someone that brings it yep. in that way. People don't he realize said, this. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, he said Trump. It Trump's peace treaty is slightly off. I'm going to make a better one. So we need somebody to rise up with a seven-year peace treaty. He also, I mean, we don't know this, but the economist, you can Google this, the economist Mm -hmm. has a picture of him walking on water and it says, our savior. Uh, You know, there's so many things around that guy. And I'm not a real predictor. I'm not like, oh, the world ends. That hasn't gone well for anyone. The Bible Mm -hmm. says no one knows the day or the hour. Yeah, perhaps that's talking about the feast. I think we think that's a good, Bet specific that it is. day and hour but, but it's yeah like know don't. the seasons you watch yeah. what are we Only watching for that we can't see yeah yeah and also yeah. you got to realize that that the whole rosh hashanah festival jesus is a groom he's going away to prepare a place and the father releases him and he comes back to get the bride 
The Bible's well, the story of marriage. So he wouldn't know if you're practicing out the ritual. But also when he said that in Matthew 24, are we to believe that in heaven now, Jesus doesn't know? Are we to believe that he doesn't know all these things? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. God. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that entirely. <laughs> and I believe with that whole approach. I would also say this, the Jewish wedding is really interesting because uh, it's funny, a guy in my church was like, hey, Pastor Joel, I'm leading a Bible study at our university. It's amazing that I get to do this. I'm going to do it on end times. How do I get them to believe that the rapture happens first and then the seven-year tribulation? Mm. I said, bro, you don't have to get them to believe. Take people naturally through the Bible, yeah. and it is the most common thing. You take yeah. all the way from, you, you take Noah. He's yeah. rescued him and his family, a remnant caught mm -hmm. in. The Bible says God shuts the door from the inside. So mm -hmm. they are in this place with the Lord, enjoying the fellowship of the Lord and each other while mm -hmm. the wrath is poured out on earth. It's yeah. a picture. Yeah. Uh, not only is that a picture, but the Jewish wedding. I mean, yeah. the, the groom goes and collects. He doesn't collect mm -hmm. his bride until he does what? He has to build all these rooms onto his house. Yeah. John, Jesus said in John 14, 1, I go to prepare mm -hmm. a place for you. In my father's house are many rooms, or mm -hmm. some translations say mansions. Yeah. So, you know, what's Jesus doing right now? He's preparing this massive house with extra rooms. Well, the Jewish wedding, he would mm -hmm. go and prepare extra rooms for what? For his mm -hmm. wife and all the kids are going to have. Mm -hmm. Then do you know what he did? Brian, he would stockpile this. <laughs> house with food why yeah because he's going to collect his bride at an hour she does not know yeah yeah so she has to be ready listen church she has to mm -hmm. be dressed and ready to roll yep he collects her it's a surprise she mm -hmm. throws on the dress they march through the streets and this is mm -hmm. so cool a lot of people don't know this as they as the groom is coming by the way if the people in a Jewish customs see the groom coming, they are to yell ahead on the street. He's mm -hmm. coming. He's coming quickly. He's mm -hmm. coming. He's coming quickly so that the word mm -hmm. reaches her house before he arrives. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Then he collects her. <laughs> the father gives the bride and mm -hmm. the groom takes the bride back to his house for seven days mm -hmm. and they consummate the marriage and mm -hmm. feast for seven days. Well, mm -hmm. the Bible says we're going to be caught up together. We will be with the Lord mm -hmm. and we'll have seven years of feasting, what's called the, mm -hmm. the marriage supper or the feast yeah. of the lamb while yep. the wrath of God is poured out on earth. But mm -hmm. don't be discouraged if you're listening because I actually think <laughs> that will be the greatest revival in the history of the world on planet earth amidst all the chaos. And even people say, you know, I remember just everything was Armageddon, Armageddon, and you realize the word Armageddon is the word Armageddon and it's the valley, the Jezreel valley. I remember just coming to faith and realizing, wait, that's a real valley. I mean, yeah. Pet Petra, you know, the cut out rocks where people are going to, and I get it. There's guys I listen to like, you know, Jeff Durbin, who I love listening to his stuff. There's so much for abortion and, and witnessing of the Mormons and all the rest. And he's more of a, I think he's like a post mill guy. Like those things happen. I get it. But I believe personally, those things are foreshadows. When the church is taken up, I'm like, yeah, I lean towards the same, like a, uh, a pre obviously a rapture like john MacArthur believes many people and also a lot of my friends that are, are very known theologians that i won't say their names but sure. a lot of them don't really even have an end times eschatology because they just go we just think that's just going to unfold however i mean as is someone i really look up to who years ago had sent me i struggle with that. that i do yeah, because i, mean, I like why, be controversial but yeah why it's not like just go quarter. on and pack it yeah well, one quarter of your Bible is prophetic in nature. It's so the counsel of you God. You couldn't, yeah. with good conscience, say, I'm just not going to touch on one quarter of my Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to dive into it. I think even the picture of Daniel 
Adrat Meshach and Abednego as three yeah. best friends, you know, is a picture of the rapture and also the tribulation period on earth. Why? Because mm-hmm. you have a wicked king saying, take the mark, bow down, worship me. Mm-hmm. Three guys amidst that, if you would, during the tribulation, are put in a fiery furnace, but God stands in there with, yeah. with them. Where's Daniel Doesn't the whole time? He's them. not in the story. Yeah. He's away. He's, He's away. Whatever. Just like the church yeah. is. So I think there's so many pictures. I don't even, I'm just giving you a few, but. And I look at so just like pictures. Enoch was taken up first. He's a Gentile. He's gone. And then the Jewish after the covenant, Elijah. So who would you think were the two witnesses then? Yeah. Would you think right. it's Moses and Elijah or Enoch and Elijah? Because well, Moses how, died. And, Enoch and, and Elijah never the, did. Yeah. How about this, Brian? We just put uh, a satellite now that we can connect the last continent as of two years ago, the last continent on planet Earth, Africa. Mm-hmm. Now everyone in Africa can see anything on CN News. So the Re- Revelation 11, what you're talking about, the mm-hmm. two witnesses, it says the whole world will see them. We could only yeah. fulfill that prophecy two years ago for the, the whole world seeing them yeah. at the same time. The technology is in place now that if these two guys show up on the scene and do something crazy – Everyone's going to see it. Every mm-hmm. single continent, mm-hmm. every single, you know. And these die in the people. streets and then they rise after three days and call down fire. And people forget, times, bro. if you read Revelation, a lot of people say it's just poetry or it's just pictures. There's very specific, radical, sci-fi looking things like the abyss is opened. I mean, there's creatures on the earth like never before, the way the planet is. I mean, and I'll tell you, I'm getting sent all these videos on the new age and these people are like, hey, it's it's the next moment, and Christ consciousness is coming, and the oceans, and the gravitational pull, and the Interesting. planet, and they're all about it, but they're missing that, no, when these events happen, like I said, it says I think in Luke 21, men's hearts will fail them, if I'm right with that verse, for what will yep. come upon the earth, and it's the seas and the oceans, I mean, so we went from comedy to the, <laughs> pu- but you know, that's why I knew it'd just be an open, an open podcast. Come back, bro. This is so fun. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I, yeah. I think uh, we, yeah, I mean, closing thoughts. Like, what do you got? Yeah, we can go do a full on <laughs> revelation. Yeah, we can do a full on end times. Let's do you know? it sometime, man. It'd be so yeah. fun. It's already been so fun. <laughs> I, I would just say, look, I mean, the whole, the whole emphasis for me as far as, um, you know, how do you connect end times and humor me? I didn't write the book Humor Me because simply because the guys from our Ravi Zacharias ministry said I should. Mm -hmm. I went away and prayed and the Lord said, you need to write it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why did I write the book? Not because I I didn't write it because I wanted money. In fact, any, any new author knows you don't really make money off your first book. You know, that's not the point. Uh, The point was God put it on my heart to write it because people need to get an uplook and Mm -hmm. humor and laughter. The Bible says it's medicine. And we are in a Mm -hmm. day and age where everybody's head is dropped. Everybody's head is down. And Jesus himself said, when these things begin to happen, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And so the whole, in other words, it's close, right? And so the whole point is humor is really a perspective that says we can laugh Mm-hmm. because God is on the throne yeah. and we need to stand out as these shining Christians in this day and age. And that's to me, the link between the two, I'm not trying yeah. to make it work. It does work. It's like yeah. guys in these last days, we should be the lighthouses individually. Yeah. And as churches, I have <laughs> pastors call me and they're freaking out. They're like, what do we do? They're like, Oh, Joel, I can't even get the church to come to me. So you know what we're doing? I'm telling these guys, mm-hmm. then go to the church. So I'm yeah. doing this thing called traveling pastor yeah. for the entire month of September. I am 
bouncing around all these refresh plus bigger giant small groups of 30 yeah. to 50 people. I'm driving to their houses and preaching on the lawn and bro, Acts 8.4, I'll close with this, mm -hmm. says, and mm -hmm. they were scattered and everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. Yeah. The scattered part was a fact in the early church. They couldn't change the fact they were scattered because they mm -hmm. were being persecuted. But what wasn't a fact is they had a choice mm -hmm. to say, let's go. If the church can't come to you, go to the church. And so yeah. Paul, these guys, they <laughs> rode around and preached the gospel wherever they went. So we're doing this traveling pastor thing. The graphic for it is like me on a on a VW van. I thought you were going to be on a horse like Jonathan Edwards. I mean, just yeah, go, we've upgraded to a, no. we've upgraded to a Westphalia VW van, bro. So, <laughs> and so the graphic is like, we'll travel around. So I've been doing these and they're so amazing. Hmm. People are like loving the fact that you're, yeah. you know, but like pastors, I want to challenge you get out there or like go to your people. Don't wait. Yeah. The, oh, they can't come because they've locked down our church. Let out. Look, we're not, this isn't persecution yet. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm amazed. Yeah. This one, can I just say this, Brian? Yeah. I think people are like, giving this whole persecution line too quickly here. Okay, yeah. like when, when World War II happened and, and the bombings happened in London, Churchill asked all the churches, hey, don't meet at night. He's like, because when you have the lights on, it makes it easy for bombers to drop bombs on you, so yeah. don't meet at night. Now listen, his wisdom was, hey, we would like you to accept yeah. what we're asking because people could get hurt if mm -hmm. you don't operate with wisdom and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what's going on today. But then it's like, he wasn't saying don't do church. Nobody's yeah. told me I can't do church yet. They're yeah. just saying, well, here's what we're suggesting. No, I know. I know in California, mm -hmm. they've gone a bit, your guy down there has gone a bit ridiculous. But my point is this, guys, we can still get out and mm. meet people in the highways and the byways and in the church. park, wherever. A lot of people you just got to try. Yeah. You got to make yeah. an effort to get out there. That's what I would yeah. say. <laughs> so Joel's got his book out. And so humor me, where can you get it? Amazon? Sure. Amazon.ca in Canada for the two of you Canadians watching, uh, listening. And then uh, <laughs> in America, it's Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. In England, of course, it's the UK, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, or you could also go to kwave.com. Kwave is the publisher. Yep. Um, you know, and so Calvary Chapel, Calvary Global Network. And then your Instagram and, and your website. What's all that info? Yeah. Sure. Reach Joel now is my Instagram. You can get it through there. Mm -hmm. uh, and our YouTube channel, I think, is mountainspringcc.com. So, mm -hmm. or ccom is. In our, yeah. But I would encourage people, if you're into the end times thing, we just finished a series all through COVID called awaiting arrival. So our, I think our church is super fired up, Brian. And it's Mountain Springs CCC or what's the exact website? No, MountainSpringCC.com is the website and you scroll down, you'll get to the YouTube channel right there. Click on it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I want to uh, say this, series. you started with just talking about joy and, and I, you know, that I say it a lot, but there's childlike faith and there's being childish. And we're not here to be childish. Even when we said, man, we're excited. We're not excited anyone die with COVID. We're not excited that people are going through hell. And we're excited because it means people are waking up to the things of God. You know, people exactly. now, whether it's down conspiracy trails or whatever, checking the local news, they're starting to think the more about the rear ends and their bank accounts. And you know what I mean? Woe yep. is me. And I'm not saying that in a degrading way, but we're so distracted by the fruit that was in the garden still. That's still Satan's tool, you know, First John too. So I'm saying this to say, eh, there's been joy. We're hanging out. You didn't know it would be a video. I'll get this <laughs> soon. But you know, I would have done my hair better. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> Put a wig on or something. But the reality is I hope you guys have heard this and seen, look, I mean, Joel's in another country way up North in Canada. 
and he's got joy. He's got peace. We don't know the day. We don't know what's going to happen. We're not controlled by an election, a president, a leader. We're in love with Jesus Christ. And even in our worst days, we know it's only Christ that can really lead us and secure us. So I hope you guys are encouraged. Please get a hold of Joel or me, send prayer requests. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram and all that. We both interact with people. We actually use social media to be social with people. I notice you do that as much as I do. But if you want to just pray us out and then we'll Let's do it now. Let's do it. Lord, we are so excited. Uh, we All these things that we see in the world right now, yes, they're either all falling apart yes, or all coming together for the return of the king. And they are the second. That's how we see it, Lord. Everything's not falling apart. It's coming together for the return of the king. And we are excited for your return. And we know that, Lord, you told us in this world we will have tribulation. That's different than the seven-year tribulation. It just means, of course, there's pain. Of course, there's chaos. Of course, there's craziness. But have good cheer, which is joy. I've overcome the world. So I do pray that you would grow people in their joy for the Lord, their cheer, their laughter today, that you would put a smile on their face. They would take their medicine that they need to take which is the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, Thank you for my brother, for the impact that you're using him for the kingdom. It's so awesome to see. And we just pray that a lot of people will be blessed by this. We get to do it again soon for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, what I'll do is I'll lay out some timelines, some variations on end time so we can unpack them from the start. And then we can just go and I'll even have some guests and people ask, but Guys, this is Brian Summer. This is Joel Tanner. This is the Foolishness Podcast. And share the videos, like the videos, write comments. I know it's corny, but the more people that see and hear, the more they hear about the gospel. And remember 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And thank you for those who support personally the ministry I do. Thank you for partners and your prayers. And God bless you all. We love you guys. Amen.